I have a question for you. How would you define patience? If someone comes up and says, man, you need some more patience. What, what, what is that? What is patience? Hard. All right, yeah. <laughs> that's a, what? Going to the hospital? That, that, that's, that, oh, oh, no, not, not, not those kind of patients. But, yeah. <laughs> but they have to be patient when they're in hospital. I get that, okay? What, what, what does it mean to be patient? Come on, talk to me. Talk to me a little bit. Suffer. I like that one. <laughs> what else? Patience. It's outstanding. Understanding. Yep, yep. Depression. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Everybody's talking over this side. How about this? How about the, the Baptist side over here? Come on, tell me something real quick. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, was, I came to faith in a Baptist church, so. <laughs> it's rare, meaning we rarely have it. We rarely see it. Who is the most impatient person on the planet? Ben Hanna. <laughs> The person on your rear bumper, that's right. The person who's, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is that called again? My wife tells me always not to do it. Don't, don't tailgate them, yeah. See, where I grew up in Michigan, I mean, tailgating is like normal. Nobody gets mad at that. But I noticed that that's, you know, people don't like that on the West Coast, you know. Got no patience for it. <laughs> who, seriously, who's the most in-person, impatient person in the world? Anybody know? Ray? You are. No, you're not. You were once, though. The answer is in that one. Come on, Rebecca. I see you back there. Who's the most impatient person in the world? You have five of them. You have seven of them, actually. A mother that... A worn-out mother. <laughs> Caitlin, do you think a worn-out mother can have some impatience? Oh, yeah. She's, she's back there with her baby right now. And, oh, Ken Van Dyke. Let's all... Come on. Ken gets the star on the forehead, right? Babies. Babies and teenagers. Because, like, teenagers, like, are, like, become babies again, right? You know, biologically. Babies are the most impatient people on earth, right? What, what happens? Perfect example. When they cry, what happens? They get what they want, right? Uh, they get the bottle, right? They get held, right? They get the baby food. They, they have somebody who changes their diaper. I mean, come on, you know, babies cry and they get what they want. You know what the great thing about becoming a mature adult is? We're patient now, right? I mean, we never cry for what we want, do we? We never kick and scream for what we want, right? We never manipulate to get what we want, right? You know, we never do that kind of stuff because that's what babies do, not adults. And all of you are going, yeah, yeah, all right, Tom, we hear the sarcasm. Let me give you a definition of patience that comes from the Bible. And it is simply this, to be at peace with God's pace. To be at peace with God's pace. To be at peace with God's pace. When you go through a tough time, tough times can often require patience because you're waiting on the resolution, right? You're waiting for it to resolve. Tough times can produce one of two things. It can either produce patience and trust or it can produce bitterness and anger. 
patience and trust or bitterness and anger? Which one would you want? Please don't say bitterness and anger. Because I have met too many people. It used to be, you know, years ago, I used to see bitterness and anger happening somewhere north of 50, 55. I know millennials now who are already struggling with the bitterness and anger of life because there's just that lack of patience, that struggle with patience has already been absorbed into their system. And so this morning, we're talking about the fruit of patience as God does that in our hearts. I, a long time ago, before I was in ministry, I had the chance to buy a Mustang. Once in my life, I wanted a car that when you gunned it, it'd fishtail a little, you know? And so I found this, it was an older Mustang, and they didn't want much money for it. In fact, it was a screaming deal. It was probably five or $6,000 less than you would normally pay for a Mustang. So I was so excited. I was so happy. The problem with classified ads is you really don't get a view of who you're buying the car from. And we went out into this area of Washington that was, eh, it was a little ruby ridgish. You know, it was a little like, you know, the hills of eyes and you're driving down the road and you see people peeking at you and looking at, you know. And so I felt uncomfortable. I brought a friend. He was a little more bold than I was at the time. And we went to buy this car and it was kind of a real spooky place to be. And, but my buddy, he does not get things like I get. And so he was <coughs> obviously not discerning that. And as we're trying to buy the car from the guy, he goes, oh, man, I, I can't find the title. So he sends his girlfriend into the house to try to find the title. He lived with his girlfriend at the time. And so we're just kind of talking to him, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, man, I am here 15 minutes longer than I ever wanted to be in my life. It was a spooky place. My buddy goes, hey, do you know Jesus? I'm thinking to myself, oh, no. This is not the time to evangelize somebody in the kingdom of God. You know, I'm like, oh, no. You know, this dude is a mean-looking, burly dude. And so, you know, and he just kind of went, ah, some answer, you know. And, and, and he's like, excuse me, I couldn't understand you. So I'll say it again. Uh, have you ever thought about a relationship with Jesus Christ? He's like getting all bold in this guy's face. And I'm thinking, I'm buying this car. I'm getting a great deal. Don't screw it up for me. A man looks at him and goes, you know, says, quite frankly, I went to church, but I didn't really find the answers there that I was looking for. He still wouldn't let it go, my buddy. He said, oh, really? Well, what do you mean by that? What answers were you looking for? Why did you give up on it? What, what happened there? I'd really like to know. And, and he's pressing him, he's pressing him. And finally he goes, well, he goes, all right, if you really want to know, uh, 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 sex before marriage, I love that giving away my money to charity who would ever do that that's dumb and god has a plan for my life but i gotta wait for it ah. and i remember he just shut my friend up just like that i'd never seen him shut up like that that was wonderful it was amazing you know and i'm like here let's just sign the paperwork and let's go but later on as i was talking to my buddy i said you know what i actually kind of like the guy he's like why well, i said that brute honesty was so encouraging because so many people lie to people, you know? They just don't want to take the time to get into it. They don't want to talk religion or politics. They don't want, you know, so they don't even go there. And for some reason, this guy was willing to go there. I'm obviously paraphrasing a conversation. that It took longer than what I'm saying. And, and he said, you know what? I figured out this guy's struggle. I said, what is it? He said, 
he's struggling with impatience. When it really comes down to it, that's the real key here. I'm not going to wait for sex. I'm not going to wait to get rich. And I'm not going to wait for God to bring me my destiny. I'm going to go and get it all now. And over the years, I really began to see in myself and in the people I talk to and sometimes in the counseling sessions where a lot of times it's our own impatience where we jump the gun on God's plan, on God's timetable that gets us into some of the biggest trouble. So once again, (coughs) patience is simply this, living at peace with God's pace. Patience doesn't mean being passive. Oh, I got to be patient. Well, I'm just not going to care about it now. No, God may be saying, no, I want you to care about it, but you're still going to wait. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to treat this like it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. Your job, your spouse, your future, the plan for your life, those are big deals. You're just going to wait. Patience does not mean giving up. Oh, well, if I got to wait for it, then forget it. No. Patience means growing your waiting muscles. Everybody say waiting muscles. Waiting muscles. See, we all have we all have muscles in the spirit. And for some reason, for many of us, and me included, I'm I'm really preaching to myself today, the waiting muscles can be very weak. How many of you can really wait a long time for what God has for you? Now, some of you are like, hey, I've been forced to wait a long time, so don't talk about muscles. I'm like in, you know waiting prison here but it's not just necessarily waiting for waiting's sake it's building that ability to endure while you're waiting for god's plan to unfold it's an active choice to say you know what god i'm gonna join you where you're at in the timing of things for my life whether it be marriage whether it be a job whether it be school whether it be working out a conflict, sometimes God doesn't want you to give a piece of your mind to the person you really want to give a piece of your mind to that day. Sometimes you got to wait a week because it's going to come out in ways that are wrong and not helpful, right? It's saying, God, I am going to join you where you're at in this timeline rather than take it upon myself. If you think about it, the enemy's great strategy against human beings has been impatience. Remember the first story of the Bible? Adam and Eve are in the garden, and this slithery snake comes over, and the snake represents the devil, right? And the devil comes to Adam and Eve and says, Hey, have I got a tree for you? This tree, if you eat from it, you will be like God. You will know good from evil. This will advance you in your career. What does Eve say? Oh, that tree. That's the one tree that God said we couldn't eat from. And what does the devil say? Ah, don't believe God. Man, he's been holding out on you, man. Don't, don't. He just knows that once you eat from this, you're going to become like him. He's jealous. You need to forget what God said. Come on, eat this tree. And they did. Notice Notice what the devil didn't say. The devil says, never says, you know what, Adam and Eve, why don't you go think about it for a while? You know, I've presented with you an alternative truth. Why don't you go think about it for a while? Why don't you go check in with God? If you don't believe me, why don't you go ask God and see what he says? If you don't believe me, why don't you go back to your lily pad or whatever they slept on? Lily pad, they weren't frogs. 
don't know why I said that. <laughs> but they slept somewhere. So <coughs> you know, go back to whatever it is you do your due, and you think about it for a while. See, the enemy never did that with them. Come on, come on, take it. Come on, come on, take it now. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Just run in. Impatient. Just, take, just jump in. You can do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And look at us now. Their impatience, and we're all in the mess we're in because they couldn't wait and think about it for a moment. If they'd have thought about it for a moment, I bet you that outcome would have been much different. Think about Abraham. What was, what was Abraham's big thing he was supposed to do for God? Anybody know? It's real simple. Have a son. Have a son. I wish life was that easy for me. I wish God would have said, have a son. I can do that. Well, my wife can do that. So have a son. Abraham has to wait. Eventually, Abraham would wait 26 years to have a son. So naturally, what does his wife do? Well, his wife's older, right? 70s, 80s. She's going to look, Abraham, uh, God is, is taking too long. I have a maidservant. Why don't you go to her? You guys can have a son and then we can start getting on with being parents. Impatience. Impatience. And now the Arabs, who are the sons of Ishmael, the son of impatience, and the Jews, the sons of Isaac, they've been at war ever since. Moses. Remember Moses? The people were thirsty and they wanted water. So God said, all right, just be patient. I'm you know we're going to speak to the rock and as you speak to the rock uh it's going to water is going to flow out and everybody's going to know you're speaking my words so that my word is what brings the water out of the rock is that what happened nope why because the people were grumbling oh moses moses we're thirsty oh moses moses we can't go another day without water oh moses 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 and finally goes yeah ah, ah, and he goes bam and he smacks the rock with his stick Water came out, but God rebuked Moses and said, I was just asking you to wait another minute. And for that, now this may be nitpicky for some of you or not, before that, Moses never got to enter the promised land. David. David's hanging out on his castle. David has some problems in the area of sexual immorality. He builds the women's showers right below his viewpoint of the city it's really disgusting when you think about it so as they go in the shower because the city provided public showers he gets to anyway he sees one and instead of waiting instead of investigating instead of anything says i want that one and that night boom impatience couldn't wait and because of his unfaithful act with Bathsheba, civil war came to Israel for seven years. Two of his sons would die in it. Impatience. The enemy is always trying to get us into impatience. And that was impatience then. But you know what? We have impatience now. I mean, we really do, right? All over the world, Christians pray. But when we don't get the answer, when we want the answer, what do we happens? We give up praying. All over the world, Christians start giving. But we don't get rich like the preacher said we would get rich. We stop giving because it didn't happen in our timetable. All over the world, 
Christians don't want to come to church anymore. Because they went one Sunday and they didn't get the message. And then they can't wait for the next Sunday. It was boring. And so in our impatience, we look for things that stimulate us 24-7. Discipleship is a process, not a purchase. When you purchase something, you have it. It comes as a final product. Discipleship is not that. It's we slowly become the final product throughout life. Discipleship, becoming more like Christ, is a process, not a purchase. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, Peter says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. How many of you did not want to hear that? You know, A day to God, one of our days, how, how we perceive time, how God perceives time, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years ago, I mean, just think about that. Yesterday for God, uh, we were barely writing. We had very primitive clothes, horse and buggy. Uh, it took forever to build something. I mean, it was a the whole different day. That was just yesterday for God. It says, with the Lord, a day is like the thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. See, when we wait and it doesn't happen, we think, oh, man, God's being slow. God's being patient. When he does it, the timing is right. When we do it, we can very easily jump the gun. And when we jump the gun, man, I tell you, if I could tell you this, if I, it would bore you to death, but if I sat down and wrote all the dumb decisions in my life, I'll tell you the one thing that pre- predicated all of them impatience i wanted something and i wanted it now and i wasn't willing to wait and i had very weak waiting muscles very weak waiting muscles drugs all of my years in drugs all of my years in drugs had nothing to do with loving the drug culture it's not much to love i can tell you that right now you know what it was about it was about a wound in here that I wanted gone and I could have it gone tonight for about 40 bucks if I wanted to. The only problem was what happened the next morning. The wound was there. Some of you who have been through programs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Drugs are all about impatience. I want to feel better. I want to feel better now. It isn't until you get off of it and start on the process that you realize eventually through the proper channels of healing, and prayer and support that you're able to walk out and the whole reason for wanting that quick fix begins to get healed and you mature out of it. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will, where was that? did I skip verse 9? Oh no, Instead, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. God is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. What is, what is Peter saying? Some things you wait for, and some things God does like that. What's the point? To be at peace with his pace. Everybody say this. Say, I am at peace with God's pace. Okay, one day you may believe that, but... I am at peace with God's pace. <laughs> All right, a couple of things to take home, then I'm going to let you go home. 
First thing is this. Often, God will remind us what he's done in the past to help us endure what we're waiting for him to do. If you look at Job, Job was waiting for God to fix the mess of his life. Waiting and waiting and waiting, and you see the impatience of Job in the waiting. How does God first respond to Job? Job, I did this for you, and I did this for you, and I created this, and I did 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 this. He goes through verse upon verse upon verse telling Job, Job, this is all I did for you. Just wait and be patient. I will do it again. I did it in my timing in the past, and it worked. Let me do it in my timing in the future, and it will work. Job. Think about it. There have been times when God has saved our keisters from big things. He did it then. He'll do it again. You haven't cashed in all your chips. With God, you've got limitless chips. Amen? Second thing. Resist allowing others to insert their timing. You may come to a place where, you know what? I'm at peace I'm going on God's timing. I'm pursuing God's plan. And all of a sudden, you'll have a friend or a parent or somebody come in and say, no, 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 no. You got to do this quicker. Oh, you, 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 you've been divorced six months? Man, you got you to get out there and start dating. Oh, man, you, you, you haven't done, oh, you got, oh, oh. It's usually their fears or their anxieties. They're driving their well-intentioned advice that's getting you way off of God's plan. A buddy of mine said, you know, my father told me, by the time you're 22, you need to have your bachelor's degree. By the time you're 25, you need to be married. By the time you're 28, you need to be pumping out your first kid. By the time you're 35, you need to have your master's degree. By the time you're 40, you need to pay off your student loans. By the time you're 45, you need to be working on your retirement. That's good advice. I wouldn't argue with that's good advice. How many of you, that's how it worked in your life? Nobody here? Wait a minute, that's good advice and nobody, you know, no, you know, why, you know why? As good advice as that is, that was not God's timetable for you. For some of you, you're not near, near not at all ready to be married at 25. And for some of you, you were ready to be married at 16. Diane Shilly. So, oh, she's in the, <laughs> Diane Shilly. She's in the mother's room. Resist allowing others to insert their timing. Number three, reset your own clock. Right now, some of you may, you may have a clock. I'm going to pay this off by then. I'm going to accomplish this by then. I'm going to lose this much weight by then. And you know what? It's, I'm not saying throw out goals. I'm saying if something happens and you don't meet them, be at peace and saying, you know what? That just wasn't God's timing. Now, some things, you know, don't take that as an excuse to, you know, oh, yeah, I forgot to take all my pills and I just had a stroke. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not when I'm telling you to throw out wisdom here. There's just a timing to things. And then last but not least, rest in his promises. Rest. Be able to say, God, I am at peace with your pace. Now, some of you may say, you know, Tom, I could say that, but I don't know if that's true. That's okay. You can kind of talk yourself into it. Sometimes it's not true for me. I got angst. I got something going on. I'm at peace with your pace. I'm at peace with your pace. I, I, sometimes I got to, because I know it's the right place to be. 
And so I try to get there by making that choice to be there. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope and patient in affliction. If you know Christ, he, he'll give you stability in the slippery moments of life. He'll give you grace to stand when you would otherwise fall apart. I don't think we'll ever know that Jesus is all we need until we come to the place when Jesus is all we have. And when Jesus is all we have, God loves to prove that Jesus is all we need. So I want to encourage you this morning that for some of us, God may be delaying the answers to our prayers because he wants us to know that we know that we know Jesus is all we need. May not happen today. May not happen tomorrow. May not happen in the way I think it's going to happen. But God knows to need, and I am going to patiently trust him to meet it. Amen? As we close this morning, I want to give an invitation because, you know, I think God, God is a patient God. He's patient with us. He's patient. He's patient with our sins. He's patient with our habits. He's patient with our anger. He's patient with our pain. He's patient with our stubbornness. God is patience. So this morning, I just want to give a very honest invitation. For us to bow our knee and say, Jesus, he's all I got, but he's all I need. If you've never said that and believed it, you may not have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you. And the fruit of patience is not available without the Holy Spirit inside us. In order to get the Holy Spirit, we surrender and bow our knee to Jesus. The Lord of love, the Lord of peace, the Lord of patience. So this morning, if you're like, you know what? I want to make that declaration. He's all I got. He's all I need. I give my life and my heart to Jesus Christ and I want to receive his Holy Spirit just go ahead and raise your hand right now just go ahead and raise your hand right now if that's what you want to say to God this morning amen 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 about six to eight of you why don't we go ahead and stand together real quick? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's just say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and fill me with the Holy Spirit and with the fruit of patience. 
that I may be at peace with your pace. In Jesus' name.